What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, it was a rough, rough weekend of football for, for the two of us, uh, yeah. but especially you. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm doing all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just a really, I mean, you watch the Browns get absolutely destroyed. Then you get to watch some pretty decent four o'clock games. Uh, pretty much only one that felt really good to watch. And then as a Raiders fan, just giving up hope after that duck interception that then became a Moss touchdown to a running back. It, you know, it was just all bad. Yeah. <laughs> I actually a... turned it off after that touchdown. I, I was like, I'm done with today. I can't yeah. do this anymore. <laughs> I actually, I turned off my first Browns game since I believe the 0-16 season um, this Sunday. And, and I felt, you know, I, f- I felt a little embarrassed because I stuck with it through most of that season. This was worse, um, which we'll talk about the Browns in a bit. The Raiders game, I just was out on football by then. And so I was just watching Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes things Uh and I decided I didn't really want to watch that either. So I watched some, some 2022 prospects and I had a lot more fun. That's so, fair. Yeah. Sorry, we'll get to all that. We'll just... We sure will. Yeah, we sure will. Um, all right, guys, we are here for the week 10 fallout where we go through some injuries, highlights, lowlights. Uh, we make this show about a lot of bad things with the injuries and the lowlights. And then we, you know, follow it up with the waiver wire, which uh, we talked about it before we we went live it's also a bad thing so hopefully you guys stick with us uh waiver wire is a little bleak this week but we'll get there first we're going to start with injuries the main one that occurred yesterday during the four o'clock slate was aaron jones it came out today that he has a sprained mcl and he is likely out one to two weeks if i know anything about aaron jones it's going to be one week and he'll be back probably week 12 but with the packers kind of you know, this the result of this Monday night football game might impact what they do with Aaron Jones because I think they could be uh, heading towards the one seed a lot quicker. Randy, the main question here, how does this impact A.J. Dillon? Do you I think, think he's an RB1? Mm, or close? I, I'm going to hold off my, like, full fledge if he's all the way up to RB1 until we get to our rankings this week. I think he's a guaranteed RB2, though. Um, he doesn't have the same passing role as Jones. I don't think they expect him to. I think you can at best get up there with like Jacobs and Henry, like that kind of passing role with him. And I do think Aaron Jones sits two weeks, in my opinion. Uh, They said they were, they felt very lucky. He didn't have to go on IR. I think they're just going to let him get fully healthy. I think it's, I think it's pretty fair to say the 49ers are going to win this. Six and yeah. almost seven minutes in the game left, and they're up 24. So I, I think they stick with the plan. This is why you drafted AJ Dillon. I think, and you let Jamal Williams go, let him kind of run the show for two weeks and get Aaron Jones back to 100%, which is the biggest thing for them because they are a playoff team. You're not thinking about these next two weeks, you're thinking about the playoffs. Yeah. A.J. Dillon uh, in relief uh, kind of throughout the whole game. I think Aaron Jones must have been pretty beat up uh, heading into this game because Dillon was getting a lot of early game work as well. But he posted 21 carries for 66 yards, so just over three a carry. Not super impressive there. Two touchdowns and then two catches for 62 yards. 
uh, he, he looked good. The one, I mean, that's bolstered by one really good uh, catch and run. So I, I don't know that you can expect that each week, but Aaron Jones, hopefully a speedy recovery back for the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, yes. Someone who will definitely be back for the fantasy football playoffs, but it won't matter. Uh, Baker Mayfield. He has a knee contusion. He is technically questionable this week. Um, I have my theories on why Baker looked like he was in so much pain if it's just a knee contusion, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. Uh, Baker's playing this weekend against the Lions, assuming that they don't feel like they don't need him, which I could very well see this week being a Case Keenum game, let Baker kind of heal up before some tough divisional games. Do you think that's at all possible? I think there's a slight chance, but you got to remember, I mean, this is a Lions team that just tied uh, the division rifle. Uh, they yeah. need to win desperately this week. They need to capitalize on the matchup and just get right back up in the standings. So I would not be shocked if Baker doesn't play. I think Baker would have played after the injury if they weren't down by so much. Yeah, You could tell that he was kind of pissed that they took the helmet from him. So I think that says yeah. everything that he's going to play this week. Uh, yeah. And again, we we talked beforehand and during the game, unfortunately, about how this was going to be a rough matchup for Baker uh, and just this offense in general. Once Chubb was down too, it became even more relevant. Um, it, it was just tough because the Browns couldn't overly run the ball. <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure Stafford just ran for three yards and ran back to try and throw it, which is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. I, oh, God. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I should not be taken away like that. But uh, <laughs> oh, you could God. tell they, they didn't want to overly run Dearness just in case because he's literally all they had. And then the yeah. receivers just could not get open. And then the times that they did, they dropped the ball. It was just a whole yeah. <laughs> terribleness. Yes. Uh, I, I thought the line held up for the most part. I don't think Baker got overly rushed besides having to hold the ball and then getting hit. So yeah. I think he plays. I think they win, which they desperately need to, to because that six and seven spot <laughs> is, yeah. is going to be rough. It is. We're going to talk about the Browns later. I'm probably going to rant about uh, some we'll some see. things about the Browns. We'll, we'll see if we get there, but I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, next, Cordero Patterson, sprained ankle, most likely out this week. Uh, the fantasy football MVP, darling, uh, it'll suck well, missing him yeah. this week, but uh, it, it, it'll be okay. Yeah, and he's most likely out this week because they play Thursday against the Patriots, so yeah. it is not expected. It, it, they basically said if it was Sunday, they think he would have went out in the field and tried, but they're going to see how these first two days go kind of thing. I, I don't expect him to play. So yeah. I, I also don't. So uh, pivot to Wayne Gallman or pivot to Mike Davis or stop doing crazy things and just don't do any of that. Pivot to Kyle Pitts. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, with how, with how they presented it this week, I think you have to say Wayne Gallman, but I think with Cordero going down for the week, maybe Mike Davis gets a bit more of the rollback. Uh, it could be just a pure 50-50 split between these two, which means I don't want either because I, like the Browns ran on the Patriots uh, because they have one of, if not the best offensive lines in the league. 
I don't expect the Falcons to be able to run on the Patriots. So, yeah, I don't really I, care. I won't rank either of these two inside my top 36. That's for sure. Probably uh, not myself. I might put Davis at 36 just to <laughs> call myself a liar. All right, uh, next one, Colt McCoy, strain peck. Questionable, doesn't matter. Kyler should be back. Um, yeah. They, Kyler they basically... could have been back this week from what I heard. Yeah, uh, I've heard some mixed things about Kyler so far, but from what I've heard about Colt McCoy is if they were forced to play him, they could play him this week kind of thing mm-hmm. to where they, they really want him to just be the emergency backup, but yeah. they're not going to force Kyler out there basically. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, I, you're really not starting Colt McCoy anyway, no matter what. Uh, no, she... that injury is more about the weapons though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, next one, though, Chase Young. Uh, I know this is the defensive side of the ball. We focus a lot on fantasy, but Chase Young tore his ACL after what was a really disappointing year for him. Uh, he was supposed to take that year two jump. He did not take that. I believe he got his first sack two weeks ago. And so just all in all, right off this year, Chase Young is still very good at football. Uh, he's okay. still He still has some some things to work on in terms of – uh, counters and actually providing some help in run defense, but he's still a good football player. Him and Montez Sweat gonna lock it down next year. I expect the football team to be good once they have a good quarterback. Yeah, unfortunately, the expectations for the defense in general, as well as him and Sweat, have fallen very short this year. And yeah. maybe honestly, I think Sweat gets even worse now because obviously teams are gonna key in on him without the better pass rusher on the other side, even if Sweat has more moves at this point in the career, uh, pretty much for defense, we only put him on here. If it's a major player, that's a major player. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, it should be noted that uh, star fullback Alec Engold also tore his ACL. Hey, you um, know what? He's he's up there in running backs. I'll tell you, <laughs> he gets work. So I know. He, he is within the top 100 running backs this year, for sure, if not the top 60. He he gets so many freaking checkdowns. I don't really yeah, get it. Yeah, and he gets he gets goal line work. Not I even know. not running it either. He gets passing work. I know it makes no sense, but yeah. So Alec Engold out for the year, which, and in that same game, the Raiders also lost Jalen Rashard, uh, and so they were down to just Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, and it didn't matter because they couldn't run at that point anyway. So yeah, I clearly. Uh, the Chiefs being finally smart in moving Chris Jones to his actual position has worked out in the run defense. Uh, it's crazy how that something like that could work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were doing to start. Being, the, I know they didn't have cute. any other options. They're being but, cute. Yeah. It's, they had options. They they were just like, oh, well, this guy's Aaron Donald too, right? And it's like, well, no. He's as, he's good. He's, he's a top-level D-tackle, but doesn't mean – he can play exactly like that guy, you know, like, yeah, well, he's playing not how five, this works. He's playing five tech too. It didn't no, I know. Yeah. Aaron Donald rarely they, does that. So no, but he, he regularly pass rushes from the outside. He probably won't now with the influx of Von Miller, but I mean, which is scarier because now he goes up against guards, but <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. All right. That's the injury news. Enough of the sad stuff. Let's get to the highlights of this week, uh, except for for Randy. Uh, so the question here, this part of the, I'm sorry, the uh, <laughs> are the Chiefs back? They did post obviously their their best offensive performance of the year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had, I believe, like 15 incompletions. He was 
the Patrick Mahomes of old. Uh, he went, sorry, I had it pulled up. He went, yeah, 35 of 50 for 406 and five touchdowns. Uh, classic Patrick Mahomes. Defense looked a lot better against the Raiders, which, to be fair, the Raiders are definitely in a transitional period, losing uh, a lot on that team uh, with Henry Ruggs, John Gruden. Uh, you know, they've lost a lot. And then and in the Arnett. middle of that game. <laughs> yep, and, and Arnett. So uh, are, the Ra- or are the Chiefs back? Are the Raiders back? No. Are the Chiefs back, <laughs> Randy? So the Chiefs, the Raiders are actually back. Unfortunately, uh, the Chiefs, their offense looked back. I will say, and it was spearheaded by an intense focus on Kelsey in the first half. I will give props to the Raiders' defense. It seemed like they took him out for the second half. Uh, however, it didn't matter because the entire kill did stuff and Williams did stuff. Uh, for me, I, like, I don't think this is the best performance on offense we've seen for the Chiefs this year. It's better than the last three weeks for sure. Uh, it is close to, if not the best defensive performance, as well as the best offensive line performance. That's kind of the key to the victory, in my opinion. I will say, I, I mean, it, it could come off as biased, but from watching the game, there was a lot of holds not called. I agree. Uh, a ton on, actually on Max Crosby a lot. Yes, um, a lot. <laughs> uh, they called one, and Max was so ecstatic he gave him like a standing ovation clap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's very strange. I think this is promising for all Chiefs fans and all Chiefs fantasy owners. Uh, and I think there was a heavy involvement in the running backs with passing and running, which is good for Clyde Edwards-Helaire's owners who he is expected at least to get full week of practice this week, if not play this week. So that is a very good sign because he is clearly the best back on that team. And it looks like they might use him how they drafted him and said they would, which is stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. We need to talk about people saying that Daryl Williams is better than Clyde Edwards. That is not oh, that's, true. That's uh, that, that is, <laughs> that is not correct. Yeah. You can say that Clyde has been disappointing if you want, because of the scheme, uh, and I will tell you, it's because of the scheme. The scheme that they ran uh, on Sunday Night Football for Darrell Williams, where they actually put Mahomes under center and they had an actual run game, that's that's fine. That'll be good for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I would feel good, like Randy said about that. Uh, in terms of Mahomes, I almost tweeted, but I just didn't feel like fighting with people. It, Mahomes still was missing a lot of throws downfield. Mm-hmm. I did say like he had 15 incompletions and I would bet that like seven of those were 20 plus yards. He was just chucking the ball all over the place, which they told him to, they let him throw 50 times. They said, just throw the freaking ball. Uh, they threw the ball 50 times and the rushing attack looked better. I do think that is significant. Um, Kelsey got more involved and I think that's that's key. Kelsey had looked pretty pedestrian. Some people were calling him washed. He is still the dynasty tight end one. If you hear differently, I disagree. Uh, you can have your takes, but I disagree. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like the Chiefs, the Chiefs are back, but the Chiefs are also. We know that they're beatable now. Uh, yes. And, and the other part is that uh, Gus Bradley did not do. The things that have been successful in beating the Chiefs in this game, unfortunately. Um, and so I, I think when you have teams that feel more comfortable with their cornerback room and their safeties, 
I think that maybe we're going to see some of those issues pop up in the future. But overall, I think they're back. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's very strange. I will say a lot of what was effective against Mahomes was intense outside rush. We talked about some possible holdings preventing that, but it was also Mahomes trying to step up in the pocket and run and move from that. He really didn't do that at all last night, except for maybe one play, and he almost threw a pick that play. Uh, so sure did. I think that really states, uh, I mean, that's what we saw him get like destroyed with for like two straight weeks. Yeah. So as, as long as he's just sitting in the back or maybe just rolling out a bit, I think he's going to be absolutely tearing up teams this week. It looked like they were, they were scared of the edge rush. So they just had a check and release on every single play. Yeah. And, and I will say also, instead of doing that little bail out of pockets, he did a five-step drop and he immediately stepped up into the pocket and it worked. Yeah. Uh, it, it was effective. So but that's enough on the cheese. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Next. I, another thing I don't really want to talk about uh, Mac, the goat. So Mac Jones has been anointed the best rookie quarterback to ever live uh, by fantasy Twitter, fantasy Reddit, all of the above. He is now the rookie QB one. He went 19 of 23 for 198 yards and three touchdowns. Very efficient. That's outstanding. Uh, I don't want to discredit what Mac Jones did yesterday because it was impressive, but I'm going to discredit uh, him because the Browns defense was absolutely atrocious. We will talk about them again in a second. Mac Jones, despite being 19 of 23, uh, despite throwing for three touchdowns, is still probably finishing as a low-end QB1, and I don't even know if he'll get there. The only reason he will get there, the only reason he will is – because of things like Stafford having a bad night, uh, things like, you know, good quarterbacks having bad days, Tom Brady. Um, So that's your problem with Mac Jones is he's a QB two. We knew his ceiling was a QB two. He's performing like a QB two and everyone's losing their mind. And I think that's wild. We should stop doing that, but he was good for real football. Yeah. He was efficient. Um, He was allowed to be efficient is the major thing. Um. That was also just a game where it, it was there was a lot of plays that for that it was actually the opposite of the Raiders where there was a lot of flags called on the Browns defense that really catapulted more turning the ball down the field for the Patriots against the Browns uh, and it, it really just elevated drives that should have been capped off right away happened two or three times at least in crucial parts of the game where the Browns really needed to get back and they just really couldn't get on the field or get back. So uh, it, it was rough. Yeah. I will say too, Mac Jones threw more deep balls that were impressive to me mm-hmm. in this game than in any other game. This was by far his, the best game of his career. Agreed. Uh, yeah. So he's going to continue improving. He's perfect for that offense. Mac Jones could end up, being the best real life quarterback of this class. I don't think it happens. I really don't. Uh, but I think that his early success, we should have seen this coming um, because. Well, he got the easiest situation. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we'll have another conversation about Trevor Lawrence someday, not today. Uh, but next on the dock, I don't want to talk about this game until we get to the freaking Browns. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, he balled out yesterday he made a lot of people i tweeted out that he's he's shutting a lot of people up 
I tweeted that in the first half where he was really good. And then in the second half, he kind of sputtered out. He, he floundered yeah. a little bit, uh, but 16 of 23, 178 yards, two touchdowns and a pick added 53 yards on the ground. Um, but the Eagles won this football game and I know QB wins aren't a stat, but with quarterbacks like Jalen hurts, uh, where the leadership qualities are definitely there. I think you can argue that, yeah, maybe, maybe QB wins can be a stat a little bit. Uh, Jalen hurts, Randy, we know he's good for fantasy. The Eagles have three first round picks next year. Do you think they're taking a quarterback? Do you think they're going to start to build around hurts? If he puts together more performances like that first half. I mean, personally, me and you, at least at this stage of our draft process evaluations, we are very standoffish on claiming first-round quarterbacks for this class. There is a massive kind of two-tier conglomerate just pushed together of quarterbacks that really haven't broken out. I think a lot of the off-season process is going to break out someone and drop off someone. And we'll see yeah. who that is. Um, I, I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna have kind of like the QB class with Jalen Hurts, where it's we're not in love with anyone. Uh, but I think this class is better than that class. It's just I think that's what we're gonna get. Yeah. So here's my thing: Jalen Hurts has to be the starter next year because you can't draft a quarterback that's worth worse than Jalen Hurts with a first round pick and then have them compete. Um, I just don't know if they're worse. That's that's my problem because I'm not. Again, I, I, as real life quarterback, Jalen Hurts played a great game yesterday. He also could easily cost them the game uh, multiple times. Uh, they were just the Broncos weren't efficient or anything. They couldn't get the job done. Um, that's fair. Uh, I I think that all these quarterbacks are worse. I I think it's I I think it's close. I think two or three of the guys at the top could rival what Hertz is doing right now. But I just think that you're too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, unless, unless they draft Malik Willis and my opinion on that is he has the same weaknesses as Hertz. He might have a stronger arm, uh, but his weaknesses are going to be worse for that team because for what it's worth, Jalen Hurts takes care of the football. He didn't really yesterday. Um, but he, yes no. <laughs> he, he is ultimately he, – I think he has I th- five picks on the year. Yeah. So he's thrown 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. He has lost one fumble, but he's fumbled six times. Like that's that's not taking care of the football a great deal. But I do think that if they want to succeed, they have so many other holes that you try it out with Hurts on his rookie deal. And if it doesn't work, we've seen teams get aggressive to go get quarterbacks. I think the Eagles by then will have a ton of – draft capital to move up you know yeah i just don't have a like they're not gonna get the first overall pick there's a slim chance they get the second uh so i mean you get the top two players out of the way you could say they could go for safety like hamilton but are they really that team to do it we know they're not drafting a linebacker in the first round that's for sure uh correct do they get another receiver to pair with uh, Devonta and Rager, then you're basically saying Rager just hasn't worked out. If you go three straight years, the first round wide receivers. Uh, yeah, that's bad team I, building too, man. I think it's good team building with you. How 
I think there's multiple quarterbacks in this class that will be better than Jalen Hurts for football. I don't know about for fantasy, but for football, he, they will be better. However, like you said, day one, I don't know if they're exactly better. I don't know. It's kind of the situation with New England that we had this year where the best fits are probably not true run-heavy quarterbacks like for better future potential. And then you're going into the season with possibly two different playbooks. And how does that look? We know how that looks for New England. They say, fuck, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, we're just going to cut this guy. In the future, I don't think the Eagles would do that so quickly. So no. I think if you take two of those first-round picks to really build around, maybe trade back on one of them, get an extra first-rounder next year uh, to try and possibly have the ammo to trade up for a quarterback if need be. Uh, I'm not sure that quarterback class will be much, much better. Uh, I think there's a good chance for us of right now, but uh, yeah. every year, everyone says next year, it, you know, it's, it's that's, that's how true. it goes. But personally, I think both of us in mind, we could see two first round quarterbacks in 2023, at least if we just thought of right now uh, with, yeah. with future development, obviously for the next season, Whereas this one, we're like, maybe one or two finishes there in our grades. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> if they're lucky. That's the thing. Like, if they're lucky. So, all right. That's enough about Hurts. But uh, he, Sorry, good. we talked real football. I got excited. Yeah. that's. <laughs> I can't wait to talk draft stuff after watching some prospects last night. Um. All right. Next. Minnesota Vikings. They they stopped Vikinging, as I <laughs> coined on Twitter. And they actually won a close football game against the Chargers, which was surprising to everyone except for you and I who picked them in this game. We talked about this last Monday, that their close game regression was going to happen. They were going to win some close games because they've been in so many close games. I think this could be the start of what I would say is probably bad for them uh, because I think that they need a reset. I think Zimmer probably can't get the job done and it would be easier if they just lost all these games, but well, Kirk I mean, Cousins looks good, man. He looks arguably, good. if they get in the playoffs at what? What is it? Nine and eight? Yeah, ten and seven. That'll get them in in the NFC. Well, for sure. Uh, but if if they get in with that and then they lose first round, or maybe they win one and lose the second round, does that really guarantee his job? Does that guarantee Kirk's job? I don't really think so. No. I think it's a good mark on the record, but they've been there already. Yeah, you're right. I I think I think Kirk's there no matter what. I think I heard his cap hit is somewhere around forty million next year. So, but it's uh, also his last year, right? It is. So I mean, they could build towards the future. They they're scouting quarterbacks pretty hard. They were at the Howell versus Pickett game with a couple scouts last yeah. week. Yeah, so. and they drafted Mon last year, which some people in the community think have top <laughs> three quarterback of the class potential. Yeah, which is ridiculous, yeah. but he has some, he has some tools. Things. He has tools. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, good job on the Vikings. Don't have much to say. Justin Jefferson broke out. That was kind of fun to watch. Uh, I think he surpassed Adam Thielen. They've been like neck and neck uh, within like ten fantasy points, yeah. and I think he pulled away a little bit. So, but Thielen's going to continue to be the red zone guy. That's yep. what we. That's what I expected at least. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I think Thielen would regress a little bit, but. He hasn't. He still scores touchdowns. It's the same offense. I don't know why. I it literally it is the exact same offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm big dumb. Uh, different tight end. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Next, the Carolina Panthers. So signed Cam Newton last week. Cam Newton plays in this game three days after being signed. He, he was signed Thursday morning. Uh, he played or he practiced Friday and Saturday, but or he was signed Wednesday because the energy in the room was that they were talking about how the energy was completely different with Cam and he is the leader and it sucks for Sam Darnold, but that's over. I think, I think that's done. Uh, Cam Newton is probably, probably going to quarterback the Panthers for the rest of this season at the very least. And I think they probably look to sign him to a multi-year deal. He comes in, Panthers immediately look sharp, focused. He scores two touchdowns on his first two uh, plays. He, he ran one in and then he threw one. But I think the highlight of this game for me was Christian McCaffrey. 13 carries, 95 yards, averaged seven yards a carry, caught 10 passes for 66 yards. He's a, an RB1. He is the RB1. There was some talk about, is Christian McCaffrey going to take a hit with Cam Newton? Yeah, probably. Uh, he's, he, he's not going to get gonna the goal lose. He's going to lose a couple touchdowns. He's not going to lose all the goal anywhere, but he's going to lose a couple touchdowns. Yeah. And ultimately, Christian McCaffrey can score from 90 yards away, too. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey is still probably the rest of the season RB1 if he is able to stay on the field. Problem was, he did leave this game with like a Charlie horse for a little while, and that sucked. But Panthers, are are they back? Are they going to make the playoffs? Possibly. Uh, If they play like that, now. You got to take this game with a grain of salt. Obviously, it's the C team for the Cardinals, uh, who did beat this 49ers team, but it looked like the 49ers just didn't come to play last week. Uh, whereas the Panthers came to play and right the ship. They were the eighth seed, I believe, going into this week. They stay there. <laughs> so that's a good thing. We said the first five are locked in for the NFC, and the six and seven seed are an absolute crapshoot. Uh, I don't see how the Panthers aren't in that contention if they play anywhere near like they just did. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, C team, yes. Cam Newton also only played a few snaps, and I think... Yeah, they they seemed to coast afterwards, which was nice. Yeah, so I'm excited to watch them now, Uh, even with all their injuries on defense and whatnot. I'm excited to watch the Panthers again. Another team that I am excited to watch for the rest of the season, probably through the playoffs, is the, the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys finally learned uh, what a bad game looks like. Uh, they hadn't had one until last week, and then this week they come out swinging. Uh, they had, I want to say, 42 at, or yeah, 30, they had over 38 at half. They, yeah, might have been 36. 36 30. to 3 at half or something like that. Yeah. But some, they were, they were absolutely like dominant. <laughs> yeah, it was – it was absurd. Uh, Dak looked every bit as elite as we know he is. C.D. Lamb looked like an alpha. Ezekiel Elliott looked amazing. Tony Pollard in the second half looked amazing. This offense, incredibly difficult to stop. Uh, from what we've seen lately, I think that the Cowboys have a pretty good shot to come out of the NFC uh, and and compete for a Super Bowl. Would you yeah. agree or disagree? I agree. I uh- I would not be surprised if any of the five teams make it out of the NFC. Yeah. yeah, I don't think fair. the six and seven seed do. <laughs> I think that's pretty abundantly clear. But I mean, we saw today the the Rams are beatable, the Bucks are beatable. Everyone's beatable. Uh, arguably, I guess you could say the Cardinals haven't shown be beatable at full strength, uh, but I think they are. We'll just yeah. get to there, you know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But it, it's going to be a, a fun playoffs for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to some lowlights. Uh, we're we're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks. Russ was super excited to come back. I think immediately we knew that that was not the right decision. Uh, he yeah. he was not ready to come back. He did not look at all like Russ. He had more so. Coming into this game, Russell Wilson had zero turnover-worthy plays on the on the year when he played earlier in the season. Uh, in this game, he had a, a ton. Uh, he just was throwing the ball all over the place. His arm strength wasn't there. You could tell he couldn't grip the football. Why he decided to come back in Green Bay when it was 30-something degrees, I'll never really understand. I, I don't understand what the Seahawks were doing. I think Geno Smith probably would have been better for them this week. Maybe slightly. Um it's weird because they, they're they trying to get him back because they know they absolutely need Russell Wilson to make the playoffs. There's no question about it. Geno Smith won't get him there. Uh, and they're at the point of the season with the limited wins that they have that they need to have a strong November, a strong December here. And, I mean, they didn't start it off great, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but I, I still think they're a playoff team with Russ back healthy. I think he possibly is full strength next week. We'll see, but hope so. Kinda that's the biggest it. thing. I mean, even 90%. I think he's probably like 60, 70%. If we're yeah. being real. If that, honestly, I mean, it, it was bad. It was bad. And the Packers didn't play well on offense either. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was affected by two weeks of being off work. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a tough time coming back to work after one day and I don't play professional football or one week. I mean, and I don't play pro football, so uh, it's tough. All right. Next, uh, the freaking Browns. Um, the question, are the Browns done? Randy, are the Browns done? No. I mean, this is a terrible game, but okay. hopefully it's a learning point. Um, it, they, It's a game that, like this was going to be a tough game no matter what. Even if they played great, there was a solid chance that the Patriots just beat them. Uh, they're they're on the same playing field right now with how efficient they're playing because uh, the Patriots' offense is just downright efficient right now, and the defense is absolutely playing out of its mind right now. Whereas the Browns, last week they were those things, <laughs> but this week neither side were efficient. They both looked like they weren't there to play. Um. It's very strange. It's like they they basically just won with running the ball, if we're being completely honest. Mac Jones, in my opinion, didn't beat the Browns in any means. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and their sweep game with Bolden and Bourne. Over uh, and over and, and over. I believe Myers is what beat them easily. Yeah, uh, Aguilar had one too. Aguilar they, was the one. Sorry. They all just took turns. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where I'm very hesitant to, like, I will never say the Browns are done. It is a very, it's not like the NFC where <laughs> there's two just crapshoot spots up for grabs. This is going to be an intense race to the finish. Um, and it, it's it's very difficult to win. They need a huge win this week to catapult them back up the standings. They need someone to lose. Um, unfortunately, like Sunday night going into it, you know your week doesn't really matter that much uh, for the standings because you lost and one of the teams ahead of you or tied with you is going to win or lose. 
so it wasn't really going to do much for you. Uh, so they they need to just get it done this week and hope someone else falls. They continue to get back on track. I think Chubb plays, and that's going to be a huge boost. We saw exactly what it did for the team when Chubb was back to full strength last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we get that again. I have a follow up question because um, I want to know if maybe I'm I'm the crazy one. When you watched that football game, did you say, wow, this is definitely the Browns quarterback's fault? This is Baker Mayfield's fault, 100%. No. Okay. I mean, there were some parts. Uh, obviously, that interception was clearly Baker's fault. Even if even if someone ran a wrong route there, that's the worst read he could have made. Um, he had two looking guys at the field, open. there wasn't really much open. So, well... Here's the thing. He had two guys underneath. He was throwing for the sticks. I understand the concept behind it, but the the read was atrocious. It was terrible. Yeah. It's not, for me, it's not Baker's fault that the Patriots had two, possibly three 90-yard drives for touchdowns. I don't see how that's Baker's fault. Um, I think they got outplayed and outcoached uh, in comparison to the defense and the offense, and he did make some bad plays, but I don't think he held the ball too long. I think besides that throw, I don't think he made a bad really read or throw throughout the game. Uh, I think he missed on one throw that I can remember that he actually truly missed on. Uh, It's just, I mean, that's really what we got. Yeah. And then there was, I mean, Joku had two big drops. I I know uh, I, there's a few other big drops there's a thing I, I know Jarvis is still banged out and I think he's all in his head about the fumble that cost them the game pretty much, but yeah. he is getting to a point where he catches the ball and just falls down right away. And that's not Jarvis. No. Nope. <laughs> so I, I would like him to get back to full strength to really get yeah. back. The biggest thing for me at the Browns is if they can just, they need to win this week and then get back to a little bit of normalcy. We are probably one more week away from Kareem Hunt returning which will catapult this offense even more. Uh, we're another week closer to Conklin returning, which will catapult the offense even more. Really, I think the defense is the biggest concern right now because they're so hot and cold. It's like if they don't get a sack every other possession, the defense just falters, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm glad you talked a while. Uh, it saves me from ranting. What I will say, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, which I know some of you are who listen to this podcast. Uh, stop listening to 92.3 The Fan. Stop listening to the garbage that yeah. they spew. Uh, that The rant from Ken Carmen, and I love Ken Carmen. He's one of my favorite dudes on that station. That rant was a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't play well. Baker Mayfield was far from the reason that the Browns lost this football game. And I'm tired uh, of hearing about it. Just straight up, I don't... If you are a Browns fan and you listen to Cleveland media for sports, you've made a bad call. <laughs> this is That's, true. They are absolutely toxic. They they will not run a good story. They only want to see the Browns downfall because that's what gets them clicks. They yeah. do not care. They will de- they will literally tear down any member of that organization and any other Cleveland organization just to make a quick buck. They are absolute trash cans. Do not read, watch any Cleveland media. Don't listen to it. I do agree. I do agree. There's there's some talented people there. Don't get me wrong. It's just they have been told that this is their job, and they're yeah. they're doing it to their best extent. Good for them. They're making money and careers. 
I will never say they should be fired. Uh, they're terrible for the for the city of Cleveland. Yeah. Well, they they rile people up and they get people pissed off who then exactly. go on podcasts and say this stuff about them, which is fine. Yeah, make make your money. That's I mean, Coward's done that for a whole career. Uh, exactly. And I don't yeah. give a shit what he says ever either. So. Exactly. Yep. I agree there. I'm not going to say too much else other than fire Joe Woods. The defense is terrible. Uh, It's got to stop. We need to talk about how he talks about, I need to play my guys in press man and then let's free releases with terrible, not terrible receivers, but like the Patriots receivers are not that good. The Browns could have pressed him. It could have been a tough day for Mac Jones. And he just said, nah, it doesn't matter. And and we're not going to adjust. We're just going to do this over and over. Terrible game. Let's move on. The Raiders, we already talked about them. I don't want to just hammer it home. Uh, Raiders were were bad. They've gone through a lot. I think they'll bounce back. Derek Carr needs to stop going uh, Carson Wentz, though. I don't know what that was. Uh, I know someone came into my mentions and said, like, he's trying to make it work. Well, you don't do that by throwing ducks up, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> in fairness, though, and that was the turning point of the game, I think, up until that point. Well, I think the the Deshaun Jackson just awful fumble was a huge turning point, but the defense at least gave it the best shot, held him to a field goal on the way back. They're down 13 points, and then in Derek Carr's defense, uh, that was a terrible read. It was probably going to be a pick or an incompletion regardless. He's trying to make a play. I get that. Uh, His arm does get hit, and it turns into an absolutely terrible throw duck, and it's an easy pick. Like, There's no question there. I think it's still it's still a bad play even if he doesn't get hit but yeah. uh it, that was his worst play they were in the game at that point he knew they needed a touchdown he's doing everything he could i think uh, <laughs> and it just sucks it it's just bad there yeah yeah bad day for uh, our favorite teams here uh, yep. on this podcast <laughs> so we'll just move on to make fun of the steelers uh but really it's just Lions, do you think they go 0-16-1 after this game where they had multiple opportunities to seal the win? I think uh, so. They they should have won. There's no question. I think they there's this is the third game this year they should have won. Yep. I, I could uh, argue fourth. Yeah, I, there's argument, but I, like, this is legitimately no question. They could have. They've lost two games by game-winning field goals where they had a chance to win, and they should have won. This game, they shouldn't have won in overtime because their kicker missed an extra point, which they would have been up. <laughs> and obviously, the Steelers played a little differently. Maybe they still lose, but how the Steelers played, I don't think they lose. Uh, and then you get the same kicker out who has quite possibly one of the worst kicks ever that at least goes towards the upright. <laughs> you know, there, there's know obviously been worse kicks that have gone like way off the distance, but that literally was, he literally toe punch knuckleballed it <laughs> it, it, it looks like he was, it, was terrible. it looked like he was trying to get a, a goal an actual football or soccer like <laughs> yeah. it, it looked like he knuckleballed it to go down into the the bottom quarter it was awful yeah. it, was, it was atrocious i don't know how that guy has a job but... if he has a job going into this week that just shows how bad this lines organization is there there's a there's a better kicker there has to be there's yeah. no question that was just dog shit I think you're a better kicker, dude. Like that, that, that was terrible. Uh, I mean, I I can kick extra points. <laughs> exactly. Well, I could. Maybe not. I, could. I could. I could. I could. <laughs> I'm not saying I can't now without doing it. I could. This is true. Uh, see, yeah, I think the Lions. Uh, I think this is gonna knock the wind out of them. 
I, I don't think that they're going to even really compete for the rest of the year. Jared Goff is atrocious. I, I went into this season thinking like Jared Goff can at least keep them afloat. And he did for a couple weeks. He played well to start the year. Uh, I know. <laughs> and I don't get it. It's well in this game, they literally just like, you're not throwing the ball. So I don't know if there's something wrong with him. They literally just didn't want him to throw it. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> it they they work. were getting it done. Cause this line's pretty good. And the running backs are obviously pretty good. Uh, obviously, if Jamal Williams was there, it'd be even better. But uh, it was crazy. Like, they legitimately didn't want him to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, DeAndre Swift had 33 carries in this game. Yeah. I know there was an overtime and, period, uh, but, like, that's a lot. So. Jefferson had at least double digits. And yeah. I think someone else had at least five. Like, they just ran the ball. I mean, <laughs> it, it was plain simple. They just ran it. Yeah, but... Uh, Lions get the Browns this week, and the Browns are going to be angry, and so it's tough. It's a tough scene. Poor, poor Lions fans. I'm sorry. And there's no quarterback on the horizon. That we talked about that too. So, sorry. Yeah, that's such a weird. We're going to get into. The... I'm not talking about the draft. We're, we'll get into so much <laughs> yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna we'll skip over the Ravens because I think uh, what they didn't do on Thursday night was just adjust. Same thing as the Browns. Uh, they let cover zero beat them over and over and over and over and over 40 times to be exact, which is atrocious. Uh, but the Ravens are going to bounce back, I think. Uh, so we will go. I actually spun this in a good, good way. Taylor Heineke, AKA Taylor kryptonite for Tom Brady. Uh, Taylor Heineke balls out against the bucks. It, I don't know why. I don't know why it happens. Uh, but the Bucks looked pretty bad. With the, the low light here is the Bucks. Uh, the the high point though is that Taylor Heineke made some like some nice throws. I will word it as nice throws. Twenty six of thirty two, yeah. two fifty six and one. Um, but he was standing in the pocket, getting freaking obliterated off his back foot, and just hitting. Even if they were like quick ins or slants or something, it, it didn't matter. It was impressive. The Bucks looked sloppy coming out of a bye week, uh, which I find, <laughs> I find very odd. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think, in, in my opinion, I don't think the defense played poorly. The the Bucks run defense they were supposed to, uh, it stifled the run. I know Antonio Gibson looks like he had an okay day because he had two touchdowns, but he, I mean, he had what like forty yards on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like they, they just completely stifled the run. It's just, this, I mean, it was a late and active for Sherman. Uh, maybe that impacts. It was, this secondary is completely banged up. Let's, it's just plain simple. Uh, but the offense did look stagnant. I mean, two, I mean, one freak pick. <laughs> and then one kind of bad, looked like Evans did his classic, uh, <laughs> gave up on the play thing. And that was a bad pick for the Patriots. For the Patriots, look at that for the Bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it it was just a rough first quarter, and I think they started to get it going. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, Fournette dropped an easy screen and then was back to the next play, which I find is hilarious. <laughs> R.I.P. Rojo. Yeah, I know. I right? can't wait to see him on a team. I literally just looked. I literally just looked over. Like if that was Rojo, he'd be done for the rest of the week. He, he couldn't even for the practice. Year. He wouldn't allow to practice if he dropped that screen. <laughs> but uh, so true. It, they just they looked a little stagnant. Um, 
they didn't have a lot of guys for practice though. So I think you got, I mean, Godwin didn't practice all week. Uh, Gronk, AB out. I think there's better days to come. It's just, this was a bad week and they still almost won. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. Um, shout out to, uh, the football team for going for it on fourth down to seal the game. I thought that was impressive decision making as well. Uh, I, I don't know if it was announcers or someone on Twitter, but they were like, why are they even going for it? Just kick the field goal and take the seven point lead with 30 seconds. Left. I was like, no, 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 no. That's no, a, no. that's a losing mentality there. That's yeah, I was sure. like, no, no, you go for this, make him drive ninety nine yards, instead of possibly giving them a chance to get a kick return for a touchdown, uh, possibly getting them in field goal or, or uh, bomb range off the kickoff. Yeah. You know, yep. fuck that. You go for the yeah. you go for the nail in the coffin. Exactly. All right, uh, that'll do it for. The Week 10 fallout. Uh, if we didn't hit on your favorite team, I'm sorry. That's probably a good thing uh, since a lot of that was just kind of trash and teams that did bad things. So uh, let's move on to the waiver wire wish list. Again, guys, most of these guys are going to be available on your waiver wire, but if they aren't, uh, these are just kind of recommendations early on so that hopefully you can get a head start on some of your waiver wire browsing. First guy that we're going to talk about is Deontay Foreman. I almost said Deontay Freeman. Yeah, it's it's almost like some idiot typed in the doc like that. Ah, yes, it does say that in the doc, but it does say it down on the screen. So four percent rostered had a fairly like not good day, uh, but not good is still good for fantasy sometimes. So thirty yards on the ground, two catches for forty eight yards. That's a double digit fantasy football performance. It's gross but he seems to be the lead back while Derrick Henry's out at this point. Yeah. And that is the only thing that you would want, right? Is the lead back of a Tennessee Titans offense. Get excited. Yes, in theory. <laughs> in theory. Yeah. He's averaging, uh, he averaged 5.8 a carry last week against the Rams and then 2.7 against new Orleans. He does get Houston this week. So he, he actually could have a decent fantasy performance this week so he could and for him like for fantasy purposes there's been a lot of injuries i know i started some less than stellar people this week uh obviously with like Kamara and other big names out for the week adding aaron jones to the list uh, you know that we already have so many injuries there's a good chance that someone else pops up during the week i think he's a decent ad i don't think he's the best running back on this list even though there's only two uh to add, but I, I still think there's a good chance he has a good week this week. Yeah, I agree there. Um, next guy that we will talk about is the other running back, Ty Johnson, uh, 25% rostered. We've said this guy's name at least at least four times. Uh, so hopefully this doesn't apply to you guys. I don't know. It's still 25%. Like, I mean, come It makes on. no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. So here's the thing. Ty Johnson, again, that this is the fifth, he fifth, no sixth? so he he hasn't had a game where he's had more than ten carries since week two and it hasn't mattered a bit so this last week was his worst in the last five uh, however uh, he has posted double digit fantasy points in almost every game he had five catches in this game on eight targets thirty six yards uh, he had two carries for for two yards. 
uh, in this game. Not good. Tevin Coleman did come back. He did take away some of the work. It doesn't matter, though. Uh, for as long as Mike White is starting at the very least, Ty Johnson is going to be startable, flexible at the very least. Uh, and so you have to roster him. This shouldn't be a 25% rostered thing. Like He's, he's a play almost every week, right? Yes. And also the other thing is the deeper we get into the season with a team like this, they're going to feed the young guys. And Ty Johnson and Michael Carter are the young guys of this running back room. I think we're going to get to the point within the next couple of weeks that Coleman is basically just a depth couple carry a game guy because uh, they want these guys to get all the work to see if this is the future, which I think they could easily have a future RB duo of Ty Johnson and Michael Carter uh, and be cheap and efficient and very well run. And I think yeah. that is the future. Yep, I agree there. Uh, next guy, Brian Edwards. He finally had what we would call a breakout performance, 36% rostered, three catches on four targets, 88 yards, and a touchdown. He could have had a couple more. I believe he had a pass interference drawn in this game. Um, I- impressive performance from him. Don't love the target share. I, that's my hang-up in picking him up this week. Yeah, but... There's weeks that we that Henry Ruggs was very uh, playable for fantasy because of this. He didn't have a he didn't have a reception under 20 yards this week. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it, we the Raiders targeted Deshaun Jackson a couple times, but really had one major play, and he fumbled. Carr is a guy that uh, is a perform and get rewarded type guy, so. I think another week of this, we'll get a full, just absolute trio of <laughs> of Edwards, Renfro, and Waller just getting massive target shares. I think Zay Jones is a name to keep an eye he, on at the very least. He hasn't performed. I know, but... And he's been given the chance. I think his chances is even more limited with the addition of Deshaun Jackson. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm still hesitant on Brian Edwards. I, I dynasty buy though at this point. I mean, we know that Henry Ruggs will not play football again. He is obviously not on the Raiders anymore. The Raiders have a need at wide receiver. I would go buy Brian Edwards. He's cheap. Uh, maybe not after this week. Maybe wait for another down week. But just go yeah. snag him up. Go snag him up. All right. Uh, we're gonna jump a little bit. So. Alameda Zacchaeus, we talked about him last week after a 20-point game that was bolstered by two touchdowns. The reason he's on this list again this week, seven targets. He only got two of them for 22 yards. Bad performance, but seven targets. And you want targets, and there are targets to go around. Calvin Ridley is out for a little while. Uh, We know that Zacchaeus can be an okay fantasy football option, and he may be flex-worthy. I don't love it. You probably won't start him that often, but like, yeah, he should be rostered. Which is which was my point last week is I don't think I'd ever play him, um, and I I I thought this kind of game would be his like repeat performance where he just didn't have a good week. Um, however, the biggest thing for me for this week at least for I mean this is a week waiver wider week obviously, uh, add in the fact that basically the second biggest weapon on this team is going to be out for the game. Um, I would expect a bigger week 
from Zacchaeus uh, in a game that they are going to be down early and often, just like last week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where he comes out in our rankings this week, but probably a good, good little ad and you don't have to spend a high priority on him. He's only 7% rostered right now. Uh, next guy that we have already talked about, we talked about uh, these next two last week, but we want to reinforce Dan Arnold, 35% rostered, another double-digit fantasy performance, another seven-plus target game, five catches for 67 yards. That's borderline tight end one numbers. Like, that's 13 fantasy points. Uh, that's that's good. Well, it's 11 fantasy points unless it's tight end premium. Uh, but maybe you play in tight end premium, and that is borderline tight end one. So He's, he's consistent. That's yeah. that's the thing. Uh, there will be scoring opportunities here and there, which will bolster it. But he's the most consistent weapon for this yeah. team. Yeah, I did want to mention one more time. Pat Fryermuth had a bad performance last week with Mason Rudolph. When ben, Big Ben comes back, I expect Fryermuth to be good again. I don't know what his roster ship is sitting at right now, but uh, worth noting that someone's going to probably drop him. Just go snag him back up. Uh, uh, and then the last one that we did talk about last week, Tyler Conklin. If you listen to Randy last week, uh, you got a pretty good fantasy performance from Tyler Conklin. Five targets, three catches, just 11 yards, but two touchdowns. That'll do it. That'll do it. Hey, Kyle Rudolph ruled as a tight end one for what feels like a decade with that stat line. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Uh, and then the last two are wide receivers. Uh, and so Traquan Smith, 11% rostered. He's had a couple of pretty good performances. He scored a touchdown this week. But uh, so the last three weeks, 63% of snaps, 80% of snaps, 91% of snaps. Uh, that snap percentage has gone up every week since he returned from his injury. This week, he had seven targets, four catches, 44 yards, and he did score that touchdown, as aforementioned. And so, he's only 11% rostered. Randy, is this your like top wide receiver waiver wire ad this week? Yeah. Um, okay. I think there's a good chance Zacchaeus possibly has a better week. Um, maybe even Edwards just on a deep shot. But I think for a consistent play for the rest of the year, I want Traquan. He should be the wide receiver one of this team. I think he's slowly... Returning from injury, becoming that uh, over Callaway, uh, he he is going to be the the favorite weapon. If there is a change at quarterback, um, I don't know what to think as of right now with these receivers. But with Simeon, I think Traquan Smith plays a huge role the rest of this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the last also, name. Well, so also for uh, another random tight end to shout out Troutman. I think it's on his third straight week of six-plus targets uh, with Simeon. Uh, now, quarterback for two weeks, I think it's going to be a continuing thing. So I don't know. I know he hasn't put up a real fantasy-relevant performance yet, but I think don't be shocked if we get one here in the coming weeks. The only hesitation I would have there is Sean Payton was pissed at him for a penalty late in the game and was very, very blatant in saying, those players will not play, so I wouldn't. I would maybe wait one week on Troutman. I'm just well, he's yeah. not on this list. I just wanted to yeah, state yeah. the 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 target share. Yeah, for sure, it, it's a good shout. Uh, one more shout before we get to the last name on this actual list: Sterling Shepard. Uh, so 
he is only 47% rostered at this point because of the injury, because of the bye week. There are a lot of things factoring into this. He gets Tampa Bay this week. He's probably not going to play. But then he gets Philadelphia. Miami is kind of a tough matchup, but considering he plays in the slot and stuff, he should be fine. Uh, and then the Chargers, if he plays in any of those games, like Sterling Shepard is absolutely a flex-worthy player. And at 47% rostered, you should probably go just take a peek, see if he's out there. If he is, stash him. Uh, and if you have IR spots, pick him up, put him on your IR, and chill because uh, he'll be yep. rolled out. And then lastly, James Washington. Uh, Randy, you talk about James Washington because I was not I was not impressed by James Washington's line this week. Well, again, what did the Steelers do? I mean, you could tell you we knew they weren't going to have a good game. He still got his touchdown. He got targets. Um, yeah. I think that continues this week. We know Claypool is not day to day, but week to week. Um, I, it was no, it was almost a certainty. I think after that report came out, he wasn't going to play that week. I don't think he plays this week. I think they improved to make sure he's full strength, especially after losing Juju for this year. They need to make sure that Deontay and Claypool are full strength at all times. Uh, Washington was kept here for this exact reason. I think they keep Claypool out for another week with Big Ben uh, playing, not keep him out with Big Ben. Uh, but I think Big Ben plays and Washington gets a good amount of targets as the Claypool replacement yeah. while Fryermuth and Deontay and Najee take the short and intermediate work. I think you could have a similar game just with a better quarterback. Yeah. Which says this a is... lot because I don't think Big Ben's a good quarterback right now, but Mason did looked worse at times. Hmm. It's still debatable to me, man. They're so bad. They're they're both bad. Uh, And the other good note, uh, 87% of snaps in this game for James Washington, that probably goes up when they have been, and they're not just trying to run the ball. They did a lot. So uh, that's a good show. I, you know, this is why we, we collab on this stuff because I wouldn't have even thought about James Washington, but Randy's here giving good advice. So. Hey, I, I mean, I played him in the Twitter Invitational and it worked out. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It, I think I lost there, but I don't know I yet. Not. I need to, I need to go look. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the cut. Uh, I, we apologize for like the lack of shows last week, but all of the shows are returning this week. We will be back on the podcast feed on Thursday. The coach approach will be back on Wednesday. Uh, the college football cut will be on Thursday at 10 p.m. And then DFS Deep Dive will be live on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and everywhere you find us, but also on the podcast feed. They did not make it there this week due to uh, this this guy being on vacation So and tra- actually traveling back that day. So uh, I apologize for that. But everything will be back this week. We have a, a nice lineup of shows. We'll have articles. We'll have rankings. We have all of your stuff. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. If you could leave us a five-star review, that would be outstanding. It does help us uh, boost up in the Apple podcast rankings. Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? Nope. All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys next week. Fire Joe Woods. Later. Later.